and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone and good morning. I'm thrilled to be joined with one of our ambassadors this morning, Natasha. Hi Natasha. Morning. Um, so Natasha, you've got quite a following on social media, haven't you? Because I think most people have been following your journey with your gorgeous grey mare, lover grey, Mary. Well, not in the mornings. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally agree with you. Every single time I'm there scrubbing the thing clean, I'm like, didn't want to grow. No, um, definitely not. <laughs> so I, do, I do feel your grey pain there. Um, but I think that's probably why most people have started following you, watching your journey with her, haven't they? Yeah, it's, it is weird. People love a grey horse. And I think these people must have never owned one because yeah. I, I would never choose one. Give me a bay no. or a chestnut, anything, anything yeah. but a grey. But yeah, when I was I looking guess for I a horse. Say I wouldn't change it for the world. No, well, that's it. Exactly. Do you know what? They are the best. They are the best because they're amazing, aren't they? Any horse doesn't matter what colour they are. But I remember specifically putting in my, I think I'm ready for another horse advert after I'd lost my mare, no greys. I mean, it literally said no greys. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the law of what attraction. This is what happens. Exactly. <laughs> purple chickens, anyone that knows me, purple chickens and all that. Don't say don't because your brain can't process negatives. What do you end up with? The thing you didn't want. But perfect in every way. So yes. tell us a little bit, Natasha, about... Um, about Mary, about your journey, about what brings you here. So I've had her for just over two years and um, it was funny. So I'm quite a big believer in everything happens for a reason. My lovely little mare ended up being diagnosed with arthritic hocks, um, proximal suspensory desmitis and really little bit of kissing spines. Um, so she was always a little bit on the small side for me. I got her as a two-year-old. She was only about, grew to about 16 hands and I'm five foot nine. So I was a little bit big for her. Um, so I thought, well, I'm just going to chuck her in the field for a year, give her some time off. And then suddenly I thought, hmm, I don't have a horse to ride. Because <laughs> at this time I was working as a vet nurse. Um, I wasn't riding full time or anything. So my husband had a horse that I used to steal occasionally, but you know how that husband-wife dynamic trying to share the same horse doesn't really go down very well all the time um and we heard about Mary just through a friend who said oh I know someone that's got this really nice horse for sale um it's really tricky but it's amazing it's really nice so I sort of went oh, okay you know that sounds nice we've got no money so good for them hope they find it a nice home um and I can't remember what happened and how we actually ended up going to see her, but we did. And as soon as I sat on her, I just went, oh, no, I need this one. I need to find a way. <laughs> it must be something that I can do to end up with this horse. So, yeah, that was that, really. Um, we got her vetted because I'm, I worked for a vet, so I got a really nice discount, which I very much missed because that was amazing got about 80 percent off which was the best um so got her vetted and she failed the vet and so i thought damn you know this lovely horse i'd found it was i'm have terrible luck with vettings everything of mine if i'm trying to sell it it's never had a day a lame day in its life it will fail the vet or if i'm buying something that i think is amazing will fail the vet on something really obscure um so i was gutted but she was one tenth lame 
on the hard on a circle um and i looked at her feet and i thought not particularly keen on how she shod um so we took a risk and she has never had a lame day since we've had her touch wood she is tough as old boots and yeah and that's when it all began really and i thought oh now we've got her it's going to be great and easy and fun and mm. yeah it's, and uh, it's been fun yeah and interestingly enough Definitely. mary hasn't had a lame day but you've had a few just recently haven't you yes very very much lame um i think it's been about five no six weeks today now that i had a horse a friend's horse fall on my foot and you know that horrible feeling you get when you fall off and normally i fall off i get straight back up it's fine but i fell off the horse landed on my foot and i could just feel my foot go and i felt it crunch and i sat on the school floor and they just said oh are you not getting back up i went no I'm not. I'm just going to sit here for a minute. And uh, I said, I think I'm just going to take my boot off, actually, because I think my foot's probably going to blow up. And they said, oh, don't do that, because if you do that, you'll never get your boot back on and you won't be able to get back on the horse. And so I'm not getting back on this horse today. I think I am. You know, I might need to go to hospital. So typically, whenever I hurt myself, I'm kind of the queen of freak accidents, which is, a, you know, a great title to have. Um, I could never just break a bone or do something normal. I have to do, have to dislocate something, break a bone, need surgery, rupture all the ligaments. So, yeah, in true me style, that's exactly what I did. Lucky me. <laughs> so, so your horse is awesome, but you seem to have this ability to mm -hmm. self harm then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. It's I'm generally like a one in seven years kind of girl. Um, so I was due one. So where are we now? So 2027. Who knows what's going to happen? And can I have something else happen? Careful what you wish for because you'll attract it. Um, I, I had a client once who we sat there and she said, well, I haven't fallen off for 15 years, so I must be due a fall. And I said, that's interesting. Who set, I know. Who sets the boundaries on whether or not you're due a fall? They said, oh, well, no. I, I don't know. I just think I must I must have one soon. I haven't fallen off for 15 years. Well, she hasn't fallen off for 15 years because she hasn't been pushing herself because <clears throat> she kept thinking, I must have a fall soon for the last 15 years, you know. Oh, and no. as, soon as, as soon as we changed that thinking in her head, she was off riding perfectly fine. And I'm sure at some point she probably did fall off. But, you know, it wasn't any biggie. She just went, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. But careful what you wish for. But also, how many times have we all fallen off and we've gone, oh, I was really scared about falling off, but actually that was fine. So... I mean, I've only really hurt myself maybe four or five times since I was four. So that's pretty good. I think that, you know, a fall to hospital ratio. I think that's excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we ought to record that kind of stuff more often, a fall to hospital ratio. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think it's quite important. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it will help people realise. I think it might help doctors realise as well, actually. We don't spend our entire time falling off riders. It is a hazard of the sport, but actually we do spend most of the time on the horse. That is generally the plan. Yeah, I do try. I do try. Okay. I did fall off twice in 10 minutes a couple of years ago, which was a oh, little bit cool. embarrassing, but it's quite you a good story. I, I fell off three times through the same double once and then went on <laughs> striding right on that thing. <laughs> oh, I'd have sacked my trainer. That's what uh, I would have done. Sort of did actually. Thought <laughs> <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. Anyway, right. So I want to know more about about Mary and your story with Mary. So we got to the point of, 
and you bought her and you thought everything was going to be wonderful and she was going to be so much fun and she was like <laughs> this lovely lovely horse yeah and so then tell us what happened okay so i i knew she reared they were the people were lovely they were really upfront and said look it rears a lot but um they were having a dressage girl ride her for the past 18 months because their daughter was sort of 16 and was not a fan of her. So they thought, we'll get her going in dressage and then sell her. And I think every time she went down the centre line and didn't rear, she would win. But she wasn't very consistent. Um, so they, they offered her to the dressage rider who was like, no, I don't want this. Why would I want this horse? So that's how she ended up for sale. Um... So, yeah, I got her, and for the first six weeks, I want to say, she was really good. I hacked her alone. We were on a lovely little yard right on Salisbury Plain. So I used to hack out across Salisbury Plain. She saw tanks, low-flying Chinooks, um, loads of army guys out running in a line doing weird stuff with guns, and, you know, she was she was good as gold. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe maybe she was just... Who knows? Maybe she was just a young thing or whatever. So I was feeling quite smug. Thought, yeah, got my nice horse that wasn't too expensive and it's good as gold. Um, I then had a lesson with the lady I was training with at the time, who'd known Mary as a young horse, and she had always said to us, "I wouldn't bother with it. Um, I don't think she'll ever be consistent enough to do what you want to do," which. I really appreciate her honesty, um, but at the same time, I kind of feel like I know enough myself to be able to think, you know, you know what, I'm going to give this a go, I'm going to try it. Um, so I had a lesson with her, and I don't know if she sort of went, right, come on, I'm going to show you what this horse does, because I'd not really been pushing her that much, I'd been a little bit nicey-nicey, because... I didn't see the point in upsetting her just to see how high she could rear. But um, this lady pushed some buttons and Mary just stuck two fingers up at us and went, hey, look what I can do. Look at my party trick. And I just thought, oh, my God, what the hell have I done? And I spent and that lesson was an hour and I must have spent about 40 minutes in like the monkey cuddle position round the neck, clinging on for grim death. Um and I think she was a bit like, yep, yeah, told you so. It's not easy. This is what she does. And and then everything unraveled a bit after that. Um, and that was when I really went like full steam ahead into the vet route. So as I was still working at the vet hospital. So I basically I took her to work and I just said, right, go. Whatever you need to do, x-ray it, scan it, trot it up, nerve block whatever chiropractor teeth ovaries stomach I don't think there was any part of that horse that wasn't scanned x-ray you know she had an MOT and then some it was it was quite intense and I mean she had a little bit of change on the fetlock on one of her x-rays but not I mean minimal they were sort of you know zooming in squinting trying to find anything um so then we said okay We'll scope her. I bet she's got ulcers. She's definitely, you know, she's quite slim. She's always been quite light. So we were 100% put money on it. She's going to have some really big, juicy, grade four ulcers. She's going to go on Gastrogard. All of our problems are going to be solved. Now, this stomach was like the cleanest, 
unmarked stomach you've ever seen. <laughs> okay, not ulcers. Ovaries. I bet she's got cysts on her ovary or something funny going on. And yes, I bet that's definitely what it is. Nothing. Nothing in there either. And she was she was quite regular. I kept um, a hormone diary. It's like a blooming teenager of her behaviour and when she was sensitive and if she was good or when she was bad or if she was particularly grumpy one day or bad to girth up. And it was in a real like three week pattern. So I thought, again, yeah, definitely it's going to be something to do with the reproductive system. No, nothing. So then the vet said, well, she's obviously sensitive. There's obviously a pattern. We'll do some implants. So I put some implants in. Made no difference. They're meant to be the newest miracle thing that fixed all marish behaviour and didn't suit her. So then she ended up on Regumate. Um, but what that gave us, which was invaluable, was the knowledge that actually there's nothing wrong with her physically she's fine like there's nothing in her neck back honestly and the number of people especially in the early days that would watch the video and they'd just comment and there'd be two words and they'd write kissing spine and that would all it would be all they would write and you'd think no she's not got it I know she hasn't so I mean that was it was expensive but it was I'm so glad we did it because otherwise even now I'd have been thinking was it this? Was it that? And then I felt like I couldn't progress with any training because yeah. I was always in, you know, concerned that actually there was pain there, and I I would hate and, to think I'd ridden her through pain. Yeah, and and so often it is related to something. Definitely. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of people sitting here thinking, oh well, maybe my horse is fine then. But I mean, you hmm. have had everything checked. She had a new everything. saddle. Yeah. She had like cranial osteopathy. I had a horse whisperer speak to her on the phone. I mean that was the weirdest thing ever. But it's quite yeah. funny. I thought it was Loved quite entertaining. It yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the cheapest yeah. thing of the lot. So you know why not in for a penny in for a pound. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and and I think it's really key to say this though, because I think there's still a lot of people out there who don't check stuff out and mm -hmm. do think they're just being an ass. I mean, that's yeah. the comment I get a lot. Um, or, you know, <laughs> are quick to diagnose something when actually it might be something else. So, mm -hmm. but it's really interesting that actually you had everything. I mean, that is ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Like literally, I um, think you've probably I taken mean, the entire list, surely. Well, I think the vets were like, really, you want that done as well? And I'm going, do it. I mean, I was lucky I worked for, I'm going to mention them because they're amazing, Donington Grove Vets in Newbury. Yeah. And they're just, amazing vets and they've got a team of them and if one of them was scratching their head about something they'd go and ask someone else and then you know it was a real team effort it was brilliant and they very kindly let me pay off in installments because even though I had a huge discount I had so much done I suddenly thought oh my god this is costing more than the horse even cost so yeah, that's add up doesn't it? <laughs> so if I hadn't have had the discount I'd still be paying it off now yeah without a doubt I would be so Okay, so next chapter then. So we've had buying my perfect horse. <laughs> it all goes a bit wrong. Yeah. This is like the hero story. Every story has three parts of it, hero story. They've got the, the failure, the setback, then the next bit, which is what we call the false wins, the bit where you think you've had it and then you realise you don't. Mm -hmm. And then comes the final piece of the hero story. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well. Which is why we all love a hero because they have to go through the adversity to get to it yeah so exactly. everything's being checked we know yeah. oh i've had a question come through i think it's so important to emphasize vet check first if any doubt and as natasha says then you yeah. know you're okay to crack on yeah then you know yeah. this is a behavioral thing yeah. totally in agreement with you there because so often it's not this is a really really 
rare mm. case actually where it's nothing yeah like you know definitely. normally when we start looking we find something do we you know but normally, normally you find yeah. everything and you think oh my god this horse yeah. is all wrong but yeah this poor thing. Is, she's all right she's there's nothing there nothing at all so okay you know, so tell us the next chapter next chapter then. okay so the next chapter we moved to newcastle um my husband's in the army so we quite often get picked up and dropped in random places so from Newbury to Newcastle was a bit of a culture shock but it was great um and at this point we'd spent even more money on a new saddle I'd got my first credit card to pay for this new saddle because what else would you need a credit card for um so it was completely made to measure fitted her fitted me was going to be perfect so right must be the saddle we're going to fix the saddle um so I start doing a bit of work with her and do a little bit of jumping and when I say a little bit of jumping the cup was on the bottom hole of the wing and it wasn't a vertical it was a cross pole because the vertical was too big for me I was thinking not a chance we're going to be able to do that and she'd always jump the fence like, and she'd be you know full steam ahead too fast but then I'd have to land sit up take a pull and then she'd go nah you're not allowed to do that up we go um so it was always on the landing side that we had a bit of a uh, bit of fun um well she did I didn't um so I just in my head I've had difficult horses before and I've not always been able to get them going like I haven't um but if I've ever had something a bit keen I would just repetition make it boring so it's just like yeah whatever you jump a jump you stop you pat them you jump a jump you stop you pat them just trying to get her really really bored of it so it just wasn't this exciting thing that she'd land and be like whoa let's wave my legs in the air um so I was probably doing that for four months twice a week just jumping tiny jumps fillers courses and it just some days she'd be great and other days really not great but I mean I'd set myself a goal at this point of I will jump a British novice by Christmas and I couldn't even get her over a 60 centimeter vertical. So I'd seen this guy on Facebook um, riding a colored pony that was rearing and then he leapt off it and did a commando roll and it was all very dramatic, but quite like, oh, okay, this guy seems to know what he's doing. So I did a bit of research into him um, and liked what I'd read. So uh, rung him and he was asking me about her and the first question he said was have you taken her to the vets have you done all the checks and again this was another reason why I was so pleased I could say yep tick every box I know everything's fine um so he agreed to come out and his rule was if he couldn't fix her he wouldn't charge me because it I mean I, I don't really tell people but I paid a pound for Mary that's how much she cost that's how bad she was and so this guy obviously is Jay Johnson who has sort of featured quite a lot on the page because he's been for me like the real pivotal moment of us going from being useless and actually being able to have a career together um so Jay charged what did he charge 1500 pounds for four days and I was thinking oh my god like how that is so much money. Is it going to be worth it? Is he even going to get it going? But because he said, look, if I can't fix her, you don't pay. 
I've managed to convince my mum, <laughs> mum, can I borrow some money, please? Um, so I took a loan out from the bank of mum and dad to pay Jay. And on, I think he'd been there for half an hour and uh, my mum rang and just said, how are you getting on? And I said, he's going to fix her. It, without a doubt, he's going to fix her. And I get messages and comments of, what does he do? Well, he must do something. He must, you know, he's got a special bit that all the horses go in and everything goes in a pelham and what's in the middle of the pelham is there something weird or does he drug them or people people think that there's a something he does or like a button he pushes or but he doesn't he's just a he's a great horseman and he can read a horse and he can read a person and then work out what's going wrong so he just worked out I wasn't basically being assertive enough with Mary and by that I don't mean hitting her he said don't ever ride this horse with a whip I mean I do now um more out of my habit than she needs one I don't think I've maybe hit her with a whip twice and both times I've gone oh my god why did I do that because now she's just come back all guns blazing at me hello cats come to say hello um uh yes yeah, so he basically just rode her forward which I was too scared to do I was at this point I was a bit scared of her and I was just thinking, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to get this horse right? Um, he rode her forward, got a mouth on her, which she wasn't the best in the mouth. So then as I, when I took a pull, the head would go up rather than her sort of yield to the bit and listen. So he sort of put those buttons in for me. And then I know I did a, a big video on day three where we took her to course hire. Um, and... Like I said, I'd not jumped this horse bigger than 60 centimetres without like, catastrophically going wrong. And we put a course up of 120 and she jumped round. And I had it on video, but I've lost the video. Um, there was an oxer at the side and I just kept missing. I think I missed to it four times in a row. The first time I got her so close, she basically chested the front rail. The second time we went through the front rail and the back rail the third time she kicked it out with her stifles i mean at this point this horse should have stopped and gone you know piss off you're doing a crap job and i'm not having this anymore but she just like whatever kept coming around and then the last time i got it right jumped around this course of 120 and i i've never felt anything like it it was like i'd won the lottery it really was i mean i'd had belief in this horse all along but I'd not known how to how to work her brain and how to actually get her on side. And Jay showed me how. And since then, it's like someone took away the old Mary and went, here's your lovely shiny new horse that jumps, that doesn't stop, that doesn't rear, that doesn't try and piss off with you all the time. And yeah, here she is. And it was that was the moment that I thought this has been where all the tears all the money, all the everything, it's, it's finally been worth it. So that was um, that was a good day. <laughs> so your one pound horse, one pound and horse. goodness knows how much of vets fees and training. Saddle, I don't. But got yeah. and saddling. But that's yeah, how it is, definitely. Often, isn't it? You know, that is yeah. exactly how it is. And so you've got this absolutely gorgeous mare. And I know one of the questions that you were asked, so you're one of our ambassadors, mm -hmm. happened since January of this year. I know you said to me you applied and what have you, you wanted some more help on mindset and things and, and people uh, were contacting you going, 
why do you yeah. need help like really yeah. look at what you've managed mm-hmm. to do like what's that all about then, so tell us tell us what it was that that meant that you got in touch in january so obviously you guys were looking for ambassadors and i thought wow that sounds amazing and i've always been like i'm quite a self-confident person i generally know i'm like i'm generally quite comfortable in my own skin um but i do feel like i have imposter syndrome it's getting better obviously with your help um but sometimes i'm somewhere and i look around and i think how the hell did i end up here how you know how the hell did i end up here why on earth have they let me in here or how am i sat on this horse that i know is worth thousands and thousands and thousands and someone's trusted me with it or it you know it's it's really bizarre um and i think just because i think people think that you need help with your mindset if you're nervous you know if you're scared to get on your horse or scared to go hacking but actually it's such a it's such a huge huge thing and so many different parts of it that just being nervous is not you know the the nerves is not what made me need a mindset coach it was everything else and it was me getting in my own way um and I mean I still I was going to say I still do it now but before I was broken if I was in a warm-up and I looked around and I saw a Whitaker, I'd be like oh god what you know again why am I here and, and it was actually my mum that picked up on it and she said you change when you're in the warm-up and you're surrounded by names if you like you know big name people and i I didn't realise it so much, but she's completely right. And it's not that my riding changes or, you know, I any I just sort of shrink. And I just think, oh, God, don't look at me. Like, I'm, you know, it's, it's really bizarre because I look like I fit in. I ride like I fit in. So why in my head am I thinking, oh, God, stop looking at me. Why, you know, it's but they're not even looking at me at all. They probably don't even give a shit about me. Sorry, sorry. Um, but it's true. So I think the, there are little things that make a bigger picture. And I think unless you address them, they're just going to snowball and get bigger and get worse. So actually, being able to work with you has been amazing. And it's got me in this job which I wouldn't have taken if it wasn't for you guys' help. And with this has come all these opportunities that if I didn't have that voice of Jenny inside my ear telling me, you know, what's right and how I should feel and, you know, explaining why I feel how I feel, then I wouldn't be here. So for someone to say, why do you need a mindset coach? I think, well, that's ridiculous because I think actually everyone would benefit from one, completely would. Cool. Well, thank you for that. That's it's really nice to hear. But also, you know, yeah. It, well, it is true. That's mm. exactly. It. And and if it if it weren't true, then I would only be working with people who were nervous or worried. And often yeah. that's because they haven't got the skill set mm. or whatever that is needed, or they've had a traumatic experience. That tends yeah. to be the two elements that create fear and nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that were the case, they would be the only people I work with. But of course, that's not the case. Yeah. Like you say, it's it's can, uh, worry, fear, imposter syndrome's mm-hmm. a big one. Can come from all sorts of different places so um so how did you though keep persevering with mary you know a lot of people would have really become very scared i mean i know you said you had mm. become wary of her or you, but you were never like scared of her otherwise you'd have probably sold or retired or done something else yeah. with her, all sorts of options you know so i had to keep going with her because i had 
if it was a normal horse, you have three options. You sell it, you retire it, or if it's really bad, you put it down. Um, and, well, first of all, I'd plastered all of this rearing over Facebook of my delightful horse. So there wasn't a hope in hell I was even going to be able to give her away. And if I did give her away, would I be giving her away to someone that was going to beat seven bells of hell out of her? And she's a nice person, regardless of this behavior. She's a really nice person. So I thought, I can't do that to her. That's not fair. Um, she's beautifully bred. She's got a brother that jumps at 160 level who's a licensed stallion. He's gorgeous and chestnut. So sadly, she didn't pick up on that gene. Um, but I'm a big believer in... If you breed from crap, you get crap. And while she, her confirmation is incredible, and like I said, the breeding is good, if the brain isn't there and she's not proven, what's the point? So I wasn't prepared to put any money in to her to breed from. Um, and I was having this real crisis around sort of August, October time. Um, so again, it's the wrong time of year. If it was March, say, I might have really quickly gone, you know what, I've got a friend that breeds 100 foals a year in Wales. I'm sure they'd have you. Um, so I thought, well, I've got to persevere at least until the spring. And then if I think I said to my mum and my husband, if by the spring she's still not going and we've not cracked her, then I need to make a decision and, you know, try and find something to do with her that's not riding. Um, and then the other option in my mind was to put her down. And I, I didn't want to do that because she's not a killer. She's never once flipped over with me. She's never even gone up and gone over sideways. She's she's a real clever little thing. She knows exactly what she's doing. And she's because she's got so much self-preservation, which is another reason that I actually persevered with her for so long, because I've ridden some before that I rode one that just used to rear and leap off the floor and do a backflip because it was just had no self-preservation, didn't care, so would do whatever it wanted. But because she did, I thought, I can't put her down. And at this point, we already had two retired horses in the field at the age of seven and eight. And I really didn't want to add a third one to it at the age of also seven or eight. So I kind of didn't have a choice, to be quite honest. I had to just keep going. I think that's a perfect example, isn't it, of uh, the theory I always, well, it's not theory, the, the way I live by that I always say to people, which is make your your goals so big that the challenges you need to overcome to get there seem nothing. And, and that's a perfect example there, isn't it, mm. of, you know, actually, uh, I've got to do something with this horse yeah. because I have to. So I'm I just going to kind choice. of, yeah, because I haven't got any choice. So I'm going to have to crack on with it, really, yeah. um, and deal with it. And um Someone's actually asked, um, they've said that it's, it, yours is such an amazing story. Has Mary been the most difficult horse you've had or ridden? Well, it sounds like possibly not then from what you were just saying there. So um, I've been really lucky. I've worked for some really amazing yards and some really great people. But along the way, of course, you do encounter those that are a little bit outside the norm. Um, and actually, I had a I had a really good pony. He was amazing. He won loads of really nice classes and I, he really made me feel like I could ride and I was a good rider. And at 14, that's a bit scary. You know, you think you're a child. You shouldn't have this much opinion of yourself. And I'm not saying I was big headed, but I thought nothing scares me. I can ride anything. So 
my first horse was a horse called Quick. And since him, I've very much learned if a horse has a suspicious name, believe it. It's called that for a reason. So this thing would just gallop everywhere and buck and rear. And if it wasn't galloping, bucking or rearing, it was napping. So it was a real nice mixture. So the first time I tried him, I walked and trotted him. I got off and I went, no, no, I'm scared of this one. Don't like it. So I think I tried about 20 horses um, in my sort of transition from ponies to horses. And But I'm I'm a stubborn old thing. And I kept thinking, oh, that one jumped really well. Because it was by Quickstar, who obviously Big Star is by. So the jump was unbelievable. It was only 15-2. But my God, this thing was just ridiculous. Um, so I went back to try him again, put my brave pants on, walked, trotted, cantered and jumped. And it was a million miles an hour and it was terrifying. But I was like, no, I like the way this one jumps. I want this one. So we got that one and um, I couldn't get it going. I rode him. I had him for 18 months and I used to go to a show and it would stand in the corner and rear and I'd get eliminated because I'd been in there for two minutes and didn't even get near the start timers so we'd leave the ring and think oh that was a real shame let's try again in the next class I'm sure he'll be better in the next class and the same thing happened and we did this for 18 months and eventually just I just said to mum what are we doing we'd go to a show most weekends I dread to think the amount of money we spent on entries and everything else and I couldn't get him going and we ended up part exchanging him with um a well-known local dealer again we were completely honest said this is what it does this is its record everything else um he found it a really good home with um a girl that actually ended up on the british teams as a young rider and the europeans she got on with him like a house on fire and it made me think oh i'm rubbish you know i can't do this and but actually he's taught me that and whenever I see people come and try horses or look to buy horses and they've got sort of that idea in their head of the perfect one I mean he was bay with four little white legs and a white star and he was beautiful he was so gorgeous and you see people want that and they want what they can't ride and that's exactly what I did we bought something that I couldn't ride instead of being sensible buying something within my ability range and then progressing on to him so he was a real confidence knock for me and probably actually another reason why I was like, right, I'm getting Mary right because I couldn't get that little bastard right because <laughs> he was so horrible. Um, so I'm, I think, again, yeah, that was another reason why I thought I have to get Mary right. And I've worked with people, they've always been difficult horses and you pick things up along the way though about how people work with them and what they do and their little tips and tricks and sometimes you see people do things and you go I don't like that I'm, I'd never ever want to do that to a horse or but I think equally knowing what you dislike is almost as important as knowing what you do like um so yeah there have been some that I've not been able to crack and some that I've gotten on and they've hated me and I don't know why I don't know what I've done but I'm doing something that they don't like and I've not had the knowledge or the skill set to be able to change my riding to fix or to fit in with them. But I think that's where Jay Johnson, for me, really like flicked a switch in my brain. And now every time I ride something that's a bit tricky or a bit different, 
instead of just blindly going in and kicking it and thinking, right, come on, let's get it going. You just have a couple of minutes of just quiet and thinking, okay, how are we going to get around this? Um, and if I'd have had Jay when I had my little first horse, then things might have been very different, but I didn't. And, it, you know, it's another lesson learned. So, and it's certainly not something that I regret. So I kind of regret the money my poor parents spent on the horse and trying to fix the horse, but it was all done with the best of intentions. And we certainly didn't set out to buy some lunatic that would never jump a fence in the ring with me. <laughs> but again, it's life and it's learning. So, yeah. And that's the attitude to yeah, have, well, isn't it? You know, yeah. and in fact, this week is all about learning on my Facebook page, and it's it's never failure, it's only yeah. feedback. So what would be the key learning points you think you've had along your riding journey that have made you the rider that you are today? Um, ask for help. Recognise when you're out of your depth and ask for help, but make sure that the person you're asking for help understands you understands the horse understands your goals and can help you accordingly because there's no point someone might be the best flat work trainer in the world but I want to jump so there's no point asking them for help for you know for my jumping but also I think people have to have the same mentality I think you have to feel the same way about a horse as someone that's helping you otherwise it, they're going to tell you to do things that don't sit right with you or you're going to annoy them because you're not happy to follow their instructions. So I think help is key, but it has to be the right help. It really can't be just someone that can, you know, that can get the horse going. It has to be definitely the right person. Sorry, I was on mute there. That was cool. Okay, so... <laughs> No, that's fine. So, it has to, so how do you how do you go about finding the right person? Because there are so many people. I mean, even in yeah. what I do, there's loads of us doing this sort of thing, and we all say that look, you know, there's lots of people that need our help. It's perfectly fine. We don't need to compete. The right people will come to each of us, mm -hmm. and that sort of side of things. And it's the same, really, with trainers, horses for courses, isn't it? Definitely. How would, how would you say you've gone about then finding the right people to help you? Um, it's to be honest, I think there's a lot of trial and error. Um, I've certainly had a lot of lessons with people that I've gone, that was fine. There's nothing wrong with you, but you're not right for me. Much like you meet someone and suddenly you click with them and you think, wow, we're going to be really good friends or you click with a horse or, you know, there's just things, personality things like that. So um, obviously I found Jay. I actually did a lot of research into Jay because of, because he seemed so ridiculously amazing and it felt a bit too good to be true so um i did a lot of research into him and just things like that really and it's i've i feel like a lot of the people i've worked for have been really helpful i've worked for some people that again i've not got on with not because i i dislike them as a person but maybe the way they do things i don't like or the way they manage the horses isn't how i would like it but I think eventually through people that you meet through horses, you find people that you sort of resonate with. And then you, I would always sort of say to them, well, what do you do? Who do you use? Who's your this, that, the other? And then I think personal recommendation is, is king. It really is because otherwise it, it's the same um, 
I remember looking into feed and wanted to try Mary on a different feed. But trying to find what actually was in each feed, you were just swimming through who had the biggest budget for marketing. And actually, that doesn't tell you anything. And I think you have to ask people. And it's trial and error. That is genuinely what I would say. So it sounds like you have to kiss a few frogs to find your prints. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so with trial and error comes this this concept of failure, Mm -hmm. um, of getting it wrong, of making a mistake, that kind of thing. What's your kind of thinking around, you know, what's your mindset around that kind of thing? Um, it's difficult. It is tough, but then we all do this sport knowing it's tough and failure is normal. It's, and again, if ever you Google people who have failed, I mean, I don't know the figures, but everyone, the prime example is always Dyson who worked and worked for years and years and never got anything. And then suddenly he got one thing right. But I think it's having that it's not the narrow mindedness because I think then you miss out on a lot of things, but if it's the focus of, okay, I tried this, but that didn't get the, get me the result that I wanted. But through trying that I've now come up with this idea that might help. So I'm going to give that a try. And I think, you know, if, if success is on a ladder and the ladder isn't a straight ladder with your rungs, it's you sort of go over there and then you might slip back a bit and then it, you think, oh, hang on and branch out over somewhere else. And you've, I think you just can't take anything to heart. If something goes wrong, you have to sit back and almost evaluate it and go, okay, well, that didn't work. I made this mistake. I jumped into this too quickly. I used the wrong person. Or, But then we all make mistakes. We're human. So I then don't see the point in having such a – I try not to beat myself up about it, which I have done before. Um, and I know I once worked for um, Quaint and Stud, who lovely, lovely people to work for, and I used to ride all the young ones. And someone came to look at a five-year-old for, I think, £40,000. So it was one of my five-year-olds. It was lovely. Um, so I was jumping it round, and we had a big big oxer, and I counted her to it. I was on a little bit. I remember this <laughs> completely because I was like, oh, my God, ground, open up and swallow me. I was a little bit off it, but I just sat quiet, put a bit of leg on, and she completely slatted me, like proper head down. I went through the poles head first. Um, and these people just went, yeah, we don't want this horse. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've just lost her a sale. I've just lost her £40,000. And, yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But what's the point in dwelling on it? It happened. I didn't mean it to happen. It's the last thing I wanted to happen. Um but I think you just have to learn from it and go, yeah, okay, that happened. Maybe I shouldn't have jumped, tried to jump it that big, even though it jumped bigger, you know, all the time. But it's it's just learning. And I think as long as you process things and don't let it eat away at you, then it's all for the greater good. It, well, in my opinion, that's how I find it. And that's a healthy what we call that's a growth mindset, which is, you know, challenges are going to come. We embrace them. We learn from them. We accept they're a part of learning. If you want to grow, that's a part of it. So how do you, you know, let something go? How do you just move on? How did you deal with that at, at Quainton? Um, I cried. 
I think I was, uh, when, when was it? How old was I? I was 23, so it was, yeah, it was six years ago, I think. I don't know how old I am. Um, and yeah, I was mortified. I was so embarrassed, completely mortified. So that was the first time I'd ever fallen off um, in front of a client in like an important moment. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm useless and all of this sort of stuff. But I cried and then I thought, okay, well, these are maybe things I shouldn't have done to try and avoid this. Um, so then next time I just tried to remember it. And actually I used to do something similar um, when I used to jump, when I was probably about 15 or 16. I used to have a diary. And after every class and every show on the way home, I would scribble in, the, in my diary what I did well. Um, what I really liked, how my warm, what I did for my warm up, if it worked or not, and then maybe things I could have done a bit better, and then I would read it on the way to my next show. So I'd read it and I'd think, okay, so that was really good. I jumped my first one twenty and it was great, and I didn't crash and burn. And okay, I had three fences down, but I was really good and I walked the course and I knew all my distances. But maybe I did too much warming up, so maybe I'll warm up a bit less. Um, I've always been really quite like writing things down really helps me. Um, so being able to process it like that and then reread it and go over it was really, that really helped me. Um, and I, yeah, I just think you've just got to be kind to yourself. Like shit happens. It does. Like my foot, this horse fell on me and it wasn't a horse at work. It was a horse I was riding um, as a favour for a friend. It wasn't a bad horse. It was it was quite well behaved. It was just one of those things. It happened. It went up and it fell over on my foot. Um, and I was mortified, like completely, completely mortified because suddenly it meant I couldn't work and I'd been in this job maybe four months and... I loved it and I thought I worked for the best people. I've got all these opportunities, all these young horses. Mary's going amazing. And suddenly I'm in a position where I can't work. I think, is my job going to be in jeopardy? And I don't think it's a mistake that I made riding another horse for someone. But it's had negative repercussions on my life. So from that, I've tried to learn from it. And I've now said I'm not going to ride any other horses for people outside of work. And that's just, that's me personally, but that's me trying to put a positive spin on something negative that's happened and take ownership of it and try and take control of it and prevent it from happening again. I mean, it, it, if it happens on a workhorse, it happens on a workhorse. So, oh, and also I don't have insurance. So, and someone was saying to me, I'll give you the phone number for my lady. I've got a great insurance lady. I'm going, yeah, 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 I'll do it at some point. I will. Yeah, yeah. at some point, it's always the at some point will be slightly yeah, after when, when I get really time. It. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. When I get time. That's a good lesson in itself. OK, yeah. so um, just learn from it. Just accept that it's yeah. not great. Take control of it. I like that. So people that are successful at whatever it is in life have some key traits. And one of them is what we call accountability. And that is mm. what we were talking about there, which is to say, hold my hand up, made a mistake, yeah. really not great but I'm going to do something to, I might not be able to rectify it. Like, you know, you can suddenly heal your foot. You've had to wait for that to happen. But what can I do to prevent it? Yeah, within my control in the future and things. Um, yeah. We've had a question come through from Sue. 
I've followed your blog since the start and I love Mary. Bless. Um, can I ask, when Jay said ride more forward, and it was so much more so in the after videos, was that a major mindset change to conquer? Did you ever doubt that you could? And do you now always ride consistently with that mindset? Because I've got the same issue with being braver. And P.S. I hope your leg gets better. So thank you for following us since the beginning. It's it's really nice that people have followed since the beginning. So they get the whole process and they can see it from start to finish and know that I'm just a normal person. She's pretty much a normal horse. And it is possible with the right help and the right people and everything else. Um, so Jay said ride more forward because Mary is naturally very forward going and she would throw such a big jump and then would land and be really forward. The last thing I wanted to do was put leg on. But I think the problem stemmed with her not really respecting the bit. So Jay did a bit of work with her, getting her to respond in an appropriate way to when you took a pull with the rain, that then she would bring her nose in, drop her head down and actually conform. I don't like using that word with horses because it just seems a bit dominating. But at the same time, we are humans getting on a 600 kilo thing with its own mind. So there has to be some element of conformity. Um, and I think because he'd given her this nice soft mouth, which I, I thought she'd had, but I was wrong. <laughs> so he gave her this nice soft mouth and it actually meant that I could put leg on because I then had control of her. Whereas before, if I'd have put leg on, her head would have just gone pew in the air and we'd have gone off like a rocket into the distance, you know, last seeing headed towards London type thing. Um, and actually, if if I was sat there without any leg on, just pull, 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 it's quite negative. But for her, she was, was she six when I got her? Oh, seven, six, rising seven, maybe. So not technically a young horse, but I think she's taken a bit of time to mature in her brain. And I think she's always needed that support. So I actually have to ride it with a lot of hand and a lot of leg, which it doesn't look like it. And yeah, I was really scared to do it. And Jay always said to me, always ride her in spurs, um, which I still do to this day. Sometimes if I'm having a busy day and I really can't be bothered to put them on, I don't. Um, but then I don't ask much of her. That would be an easier day. Um, and the spurs aren't so that I ride with my toes out so I can jab, jab, jab all the time. It's just to, you know, if I need something, I can say, come on, do it. And I've got, you know, more focus and more support. Um, and yes, I did doubt that I could do it. And we had a bit of a relapse probably just over a year ago where I'd backed off her and I changed her management. And it, I, for some reason, I got it in my head that, if I can hack her out and she just wants to hack and jump, then she never has to go in the school. And in my head, I thought, oh, that'd be really nice. But it didn't work. She needs to go in the school. She's one of those horses that needs working. Her brain needs working every day. Um, and because I wasn't doing that, we were getting to shows and it was going wrong in the ring because I wasn't doing my homework and preparing her properly. And then that in turn knocked my confidence. Um, so Jay came back out again. And that was a really hard hard four days actually because she jay got on mary and i thought here we go she's really going to kick off and she just went oh it's jay i really like jay he rides me really nicely and just popped around the course of 130 like it was nothing and i couldn't get around the course of a meter so um that was a real moment of me 
having to go, okay, I've done something wrong here and it's my fault and I need to rectify it. So that was hard. I cried a lot those four days. I think Jay got a bit fed up with me crying so much. Um, but again, we got there. We, you know, we made it through and I've learned even more from it. So whenever I ride her, it's always forward first and then everything else second. Um, and it's the same with hacking. If she's spooking at anything with a lot of horses, I'd always let them stop, have a look, give them a pat with her. You have to be quite like, go. You, you can't, she can't have that second where you doubt yourself. Otherwise she goes, oh, hang on. No, maybe we shouldn't do this. And it almost sort of manifests in her head to something bigger than it is. And then it impacts on all different parts of her. So I think you have to kid yourself that you're brave. And then your horse goes, oh, you're actually quite brave. And then the life gets easier. And it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but it's always kind of worked for me. You just have to bluff a bit. Because, <laughs> yes, horses are, are smart, but in their own way. they. But if you put leg on and ride with a forward hand, then they obviously think, oh, they're brave and they're positive and I've got support. And even if you're absolutely bricking it, if you've got your leg on, you're saying go forward. They're going to go forward and you're going to be fine. Cool. So that is one of those instances. I very rarely say that these are good tools to use. But in that instance, the kind of feel the fear and do yeah. it anyway. Obviously in a control. Because yeah. that's it. Yeah, in a controlled environment when you know that actually you have got the skills, there's nothing traumatic that's stopping you or freezing mm. you in that moment. You've dealt with all that stuff. It is actually just, okay, do you know what? I've yeah. just got to get my leg on. I've just mm -hmm. got to ride this horse yeah. forwards now and break yeah. the pattern that you've gotten yeah. into. Because um, there's been an awful lot of pattern breaking that you've had to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it now. I'm ready for it to be done. I just want to be normal now. <laughs> a normal horse and just do nice things, have a relaxing time. So what are your aspirations with Mary? Have you got any or do you just want to enjoy her now that you've got this horse? So at the start of this year, before COVID, before my foot, I was like, we are going to jump a 140. That's what we're going to do. And I've jumped 135s before. And I remember walking the course and sort of going, well, number one's over there. There's number two. I wouldn't walk up to the fences because they were so massive. I thought if I walk up to them, I'm never going to jump because I'm going to be terrified. Um, but Mary jumps kind of was jumping sort of 135, 140 at home. Um, so I think there's the scope there. But also at the same time, she's taught me so much, like more than I could have ever thought possible. And she's opened my eyes to a whole new way of training. And I think if it wasn't for her... I wouldn't now be riding full time because I don't know. She's just shown me that there's so much that you can achieve by just listening to what the horse is trying to tell you, because that's really all there. It's a two way street. We tell them something. They tell us something back. Sometimes it might be F off or sometimes it might be, OK, I'll do that for you. But I think if you listen and learn, it's you can really achieve some amazing things. And that's what she's taught me. Um, I'd love to jump big classes on her and I'd love to do my first international shows on her. That would be amazing. Even if there were only sort of 120, I think that would just be awesome. Um, I'd love to breed from her. Uh, I'd really, really like to try and do an embryo transfer next year from her because we've got a 
one of the mayors is retired that we have she just wasn't you know wasn't up for the job that we wanted her to do so she's having a lovely life in the field and she's lovely and big so she'd be quite a nice resit mayor um I need to do some research how much is going to cost because I'm saying, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. And it'll probably cost five grand or something, which is then out of the question. Um, but she's actually the first horse I've ever had that I've always said, I'm never going to sell her. She's never, ever going to go anywhere else but stay with me. Um, and I've always been quite competitive and quite sort of results driven. And I want to get double clears for this and qualify for this. With her, I just... I just want to go to shows and have a nice time and her to be happy and her to keep teaching me things because she's taught me so much. And I might regret saying this, but I would quite like to try and do a bit of dressage on her. Um, don't hold me to that, anyone, because I know what I'm like. and I'll do one dressage test and go, oh, my God, I cannot do this. This is not for me. Um, but maybe what I should say is I'd like to learn to ride on the flat better and properly because – she can do a bit of half pass, she can do shoulder in and her changes and everything like that, but it's a bit what I think half pass is, which <laughs> is probably not true for what it actually is. Um, and I think she'd be the one that I could learn how to do that properly on and she could teach me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the opportunities and the possibilities are endless with her, except eventing. I will never do eventing. That is scary. I'm not I'm doing not. that. Not a chance. <laughs> so you can jump meter 40, but you're not. Well, they fall down. If you get it wrong, the poles are going to fall down. If you get it wrong cross country and there's a, a ditch that's like, have you seen what they jump at badminton? No. Yeah, but you don't have to start at badminton. <laughs> you can start at like, you know, 90 meters. I did one once. I had a 130 horse. He was fab. And I was like, I'm going to do an unaffiliated 90. I was nearly sick in the start box. It was horrific. And we had a fence down show jumping. It was embarrassing. It was the worst day ever. And we got eliminated because he wouldn't go in the water and I had to reverse him in. And again, I got halfway around the course and just went, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm not about this eventing life. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to know what you don't want as much as what you do, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> enough. Well, just because you can jump and you can do your bit of dressage doesn't make you an eventer, for sure. No. <laughs> you, there's there's got to be something in your brain that makes you want to event. Or or something missing in your brain. Sorry, okay, eventers, well, I, I think you're that. all like yeah. amazing, but you've definitely got a screw loose. <laughs> I think they'd say the same with the show jumpers wanted to do the 140s, to be honest with you. But yeah. No. Or the 160s. Well, yeah. We can dream. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. It's been an absolute pleasure learning more about you, more about Mary, um, sharing through your mindset with people. I know anyone who's going to either watch this back or listen to it is going to find some real inspiration from it as well. Um, and, you know, just it, it sounds like the key themes are, you know, set your goals, just keep going. The goals don't have to be, like you say, what we call the products, which are, you know, your championship, your double mm -hmm. kids, your qualification. They can be just kind of knowing what you want to be doing with that horse and, and working yeah. towards it. And one thing you've clearly just got tons and tons of is tenacity and just kind of like gumption to keep going, just keep going. And a lack of money to buy a really nice, sensible, straight horse. I mean, that's, that's a big What would have happened? What would have happened if you bought that sensible straight horse? Where would you I'd be, be having a wonderful time at international shows? And <laughs> you don't know that, do you? Because it might have um, broken. At least I you know you've learned. got one with no issue. Mm. I wouldn't <laughs> have learned half as much either. So not at all. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Well, if people want to get in touch or find out more about you or Mary, follow your journey, how do they do that? So I'm on Instagram as she.rides.twd. I'm not very good on Instagram. I'm working on it. I'm still like I'm a bit too old for the Instagram generation. Um, but Facebook is where I'm at, which is also, I think, she.rides.twd. So that is where I am. Natasha Swell, she rides, isn't it? Yeah. That's the one. Cool. Super. So thank you so much. If anyone's got any questions or thoughts or anything for you, feel free to share. Um, thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions as well. Just one last one that was on here is um, Emma said, I loved hearing you and Mary's stories and lots of great takeaways too. Um, Mary Sparky, baby, just saying. <laughs> Only if he's very sensible. He yeah. is. No, Sparky's amazing. Emma Taylor's stallion, Sparky. Oh, he's no, he's yeah. 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 No, no, but no. He is great. No, I don't want it to be great. No, not happening. It might not be. It might not it be. It probably would. I know what my luck is like. It would just pop out chestnut. like, oh, that would be better. I could do that. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing time with us. We had to do it this morning to fit in around your busy, busy schedule, even with Sorry. a break. That's fine. Um, so this will obviously go out. So um, on the Facebook page, we'll share it with you and then on our podcast too. So um, thank you ever so much, Natasha. And we will um, we will see more of you soon, hopefully. When are you thank hoping you to be back up and running with your foot? Um, I'm back at the hospital today for more x-rays so they'll tell me hopefully I'm allowed to start partially weight bearing even though I've been walking around on it for the past three weeks so if they say I can start partially weight bearing I think I might just start riding. So. That sounds like riding to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no syrups you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Cool all right well thank you so much fingers crossed we'll get to Thanks see for having me. you in the saddle soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You know you're going to rock this. Who got this? You got this?